This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't know, know. planes that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome, everybody, to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm the ghost of Kevin Durant's boner. <laughs> I'm so sorry for the trays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, since he can't be in the game, somebody's got to fucking kill us, right? But when know? did he go out? Was it last game? I, he's just, uh, I think he's just on rest. Yeah. I don't uh, think he's like injured, or if he is, it's just like a minor, minor thing. They're like, we don't need you against the Jazz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for that, hopefully, good luck, guys. Uh, Seahawks actually are looking pretty goddamn good this year. So. You know, we made it. We're in the bracket. We'll see how long yeah. we'd last. So, well, the Jazz have had moments of awesomeness. Yeah. And also <laughs> moments of utter trash. It's been a real up and down season so far. Yeah, five games in, I'm like, Ugh! oh, I've, man. I've already reached every range of emotion. Bits and pieces fucking strewn about. Uh, yeah. God. I hate I see that. One more turnover, I'm just going to fucking die. Well, I'm glad that's the one thing I share with you guys is the fact that, you know, we both are, you know, we back a team, no matter what the sport is, that literally you got to breathe into a fucking paper bag halfway through the game because you don't know (laughs) what they're going to do or they're going to fucking pull it off or not. God, Mm, I'm actually probably going to file a lawsuit against the Utah Jazz when I die at like 48. Yeah, (laughs) because that because they've taken years and years off my life, at least two decades for sure. Yeah, I'm going to fucking send them some paperwork about my blood pressure. Yeah, <laughs> following a wrongful death suit before I die. Oh, Jesus. well, you, you know, you got to have some time to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, at least yeah. eight months, right? You know, for you yeah. keel over shit. You know. Anyway, in fucking brighter news, though, I started a show on Prime last night that was uh, that's called uh, Electric Dreams. Um, and oh, I, how do you oh, like that? Good. Uh, I like it a lot. It's all. It's like an anthology series, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking twilight zone or whatever but it's all based off philip k dick short stories mm-hmm. and uh i watched like six of them last night yeah i was last gonna say i'm like three episodes in yeah it's pretty trippy dude i love how they like the whole cinematography and everything like they do a really good job it's impressed so yeah yeah i've been meaning to watch that highly yeah. recommend yep nice. yep well, speaking of uh, real quick, when we talk about things that we'd like to watch, I will admit to both you guys, and I guess every listener we have, you know, that I'm on mic. Um, so I broke down over Christmas and I bought a little toy. And I thought, oh, cool. You know, I'll buy this because, you know, people are talking about it. And it's the Oculus Quest 2, and I'm fucking addicted. Like, it is amazing. Yeah, I put the I put uh, I was over at my friend's house a couple weeks ago, and he had one. I messed with it for like ten minutes. I played the uh, the lightsaber game. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that thing's pretty awesome. It, it's pretty even when you're not playing a game and you're standing around in like the winter cabin and you watch the ski lifts go by you. Yeah, that and, that's what I first saw when I put crazy. that on. I was in that lodge and I was like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> by winter cabin, you mean the uh, POV section of Pornhub, right? <laughs> sure. That's funny that you mentioned that because there's this guy in the bar like a week ago. It was super slow. And he was just sitting there and he's like, yeah, man, I got this Oculus. I'm like, oh, that's cool. He's like, porn is amazing on it, man. It's like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. I never thought of that. Like, thank you, person. That's Shane, a- you're awful red for someone who hasn't thought of that. I, you know what, dude? That's a good way to wreck a marriage. I'm, after this podcast, go right out and I'll tell Josefina, hey, we got to watch Pornhub on uh, the Oculus, evidently, because it's a <laughs> just thing. Evidently. Yeah, yeah there's just, some guy uh, at the bar raving about it. Just tell her you want to experiment. <laughs> yeah, but it's not cheating, honey, because it's all fake. It's all make-believe, so it's good, right? That's what I say. God. No, it's it's pretty amazing, but it's cool. Um, hopefully, you guys had a good holiday. Uh, everybody, listeners, this is our first 14 News episode for the new year. 2021 has arrived. So far, not impressed, but, you know, we're four days in, so we'll see. Yeah, well, it's already an interesting year. Yep, it absolutely has been. Um, <laughs> it's going to be an inter- inter- interesting week, I will say, between uh, today and and tomorrow, and listeners, you'll hear this on Sunday, but uh, hopefully by that time, Georgia gets his shit together and, you know, Trump can go away. But we'll see what happens. <sighs> well, yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get Slide. into some news. So Slide of the breath. About that Absolutely. Fire. So, yeah, with that being said, uh, John, I don't know, kick us off. Let's do a roundtable. All right. Well, um, first of all, I found the mecca of news Usually when I search for these news stories, I'm like on News 360 and Smart News and just all over the place. But I've all my stories are coming from thedebrief.org today. Um, that is a treasure trove of just amazing stories, awesome uh, journalism and everything, all the way from defense, science, tech, all that stuff. So um, this one is from Christopher Plain on thedebrief.org. Air Force spacecraft will beam solar power to Earth. Named Arachne, I think that's how you say it. Named Arachne, this new satellite will transfer solar energy wirelessly back to any location on the planet. What? Yeah. So I guess the U.S. Air Force, they have, you know, they have these groups and everything, and they're kind of in like desolate areas. And in order to get fuel to the vehicles and everything, they need like these large convoys to transport all of that stuff. And usually it's in hostile areas, you know, they're um, vulnerable to possibly being attacked by enemies. Mm. And so they just kind of sometimes, sometimes it's just like, um, it's just hard to get all that stuff to them, you know? And so uh, they decided, um, Yeah, this Major Tim Allen said the project was born out of an operational need to provide power to disadvantaged users, Um, like these forward operating bases, and that transmitting power from space offers more safety to our troops so they don't have to escort those convoys. But a cutting-edge project scheduled for launch in 2024 designed to capture solar energy, convert it to radio frequency power, and then transmit that power to Earth. So, yeah, like I was saying, the military outposts often struggle to meet energy needs particularly those in remote locations. So in many cases, armed convoys have to pass through dangerous territories to deliver fuel. 
um, leaving vehicles and their delivery teams vulnerable to attack. So um, they kind of made this out of necessity. They're like, well, how do we do this? Hmm. Um, so in December, 2020, the air force announced that primary contractor Northrop Grumman had delivered the first key component for the Arachne spacecraft named Helios. After the Greek sun God, this component will house and deliver the wireless conversion and transmission module that will transfer energy to the planet's surface. Um, the module system will under de- development is called the space solar power, radio frequency, integrated transmission experiment. That is the largest mouthful or Sprite. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Better. <clears throat> yeah. Um, designed in partnership with Caltech, who operates NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, Arachne represents the first real-world vehicle built under the AFRL Space Solar Power Incremental Demonstrations and Research. So many acronyms and so many crazy Jesus. mouthfuls. You know, I can't. Um, so I just want to back up a bit real quick. That's all amazing. But did you mm-hmm. say it was Major Tim Allen? Yeah. Okay. Just I, I want to make sure that the yeah right. <laughs> Just checking. Anybody to the under the age of thirty probably doesn't get that. I'm sure. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that let's see. Still on TV. Is he? He yeah. is. Jesus. Oh wow. But so, serving primarily as a uh, so the spider project is basically what it's called, uh, serving primarily as a test bed for the feasibility of three critical systems. Um, the AFRL says that Arachne will demonstrate emerging technologies that support the ability to convert solar energy to radio frequency power using innovative sandwich tiles, as well as the feasibility of transmitting that energy to the ground and converting it to usable power. And so systems that operate above the atmosphere collect significantly more solar energy and Northrop Grumman sees this benefit as a vital component of the system. And here's a quote says, If you have a spacecraft collecting solar energy and beaming it, said systems engineer Rachel Delaney, this spacecraft has nearly constant sunlight and is able to collect up to eight times more than a ground system would. Um, The team still faces a lot of hurdles. And although the key, the Helios components delivery is just the first step, uh, it's not supposed to be launched until 2024. Arachne, Helios, and Sprite will finally provide the first real-world testing of such space-based solar energy systems viability. That so 2024 is, is when amazing. that launches. That's amazing. That's uh, some fantastic four origin story shit right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh no, <laughs> no shit. Right. Well, you know, and the thing that it keeps going to my mind, you know, we're talking about, of course we're, you know, evolving and we're trying to figure out how to, you know, go to Mars and do these other things, go to the planets. But they're talking about the moon being a stepping point for that kind of like a Greyhound bus stop. This is perfect for that. You know, so you kind of make it work, you get your energy hubbed and then you go, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. I just yeah. want them to beam some power to my house. My power. I bill mean, is I feel like fucked. this, I feel like this is just the beginning of, that type of energy because yeah. you think about the internet back in the day, it was just used for governmental things to communicate to each other. And eventually that got released to the public. So right now this is just an air force. Uh, it's not a satellite, but some t- uh, air force like spacecraft that's beaming all the solar energy. Like eventually if that gets released to the public and private contractors and businesses can develop that technology as well yep exactly and and maybe just like refine it you know on their side refine it make it better and do it to use it to the public like i mean that i feel like is going to solve a lot of energy issues 
quite possibly. I mean, and that's all renewable stuff that they could just fucking do for free if they wanted to, you know, be good, decent, moral human beings about it. Well, yeah, thanks for adding that on there because my first thing in my mind was like, oh, whoever wants to use this for dastardly deeds will probably do that first. But, I mean, if you just... It's kind of hard. Well, this will never happen because world governments are way too deep in uh, oil company pockets, but yeah, fucking you put that, you put a bunch of those up and you just say, all right, it, we're going to take the coal fire heart of your power plant out and replace it with the receiver for this technology. And every, you know, 12 hours or whatever the orbit is, this thing's going to come by and like fucking zap your power plant and fill and juice her back up. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 I think maybe, you man. know, probably when we're old or possibly even dead, this is going to be, probably like a really big <clears throat> technology i don't know so listeners remember that when we're dead this will come through and you'll make sure that everybody's gonna know it works but it's neat <laughs> just thinking about it that's a whole thing it, it's just you know the, the technology in the future after we get done with the bullshit we're going through hopefully it gets focused and refined i'm you know fingers crossed you know it we'll definitely see. will i think yeah there's there's no way that i think this is just the beginning when, when i read that i'm just like dang like Eventually, that's going to be a public thing somehow. Yeah. I think it damn near has to, right? Yeah. So. I mean, we're, there's only so much oil. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, so if you don't mind, I'm going to go next. Um, I've got another one here, which I find is kind of funny. This is kind of a little bit about space, the same thing. You know, we're reaching out, we're exploring, we're doing what we want to do. Um, this actually is by, do, 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 I think it's by Politico, a UFO report set to be released as a result of a U.S. An- emergency relief bill. Do you guys see this per chance? Because I know a lot of people didn't dig through the 5,600-page uh, COVID relief bill that was released, right? No. So, uh, re- um, yeah. <laughs> well, so now I have two stories. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh shit really is this one of yours no go for it oh okay okay i'm sorry dude yeah well i got one to spare i'll throw one your way maybe, I'll, maybe I'll have uh you know something to add to to it oh perfect um so this is what i find interesting number one and we all know how this works or most of us do you know you got a bill and the, that bill is going to focus on one thing but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the only thing in that bill this is how the shit works things get attached to it and tagged to it um, so a report revealing more details about the U.S. government's task force researching unidentified aerial phenomenon, more commonly known as UFOs, is set to be released. So last week, the COVID-19 relief bill was committing the country to a $2.3 trillion pandemic aid package as positive cases continue to rise. Buried within the bill's 5,600 pages, and yes, we did say 5,600 pages, were a number of laws with little to do with the coronavirus pandemic, including one requiring the U.S. intelligence services to submit an unclassified report on UFOs to the Senate Intelligence Committee within 180 days. So I'm, number one, I find this funny because if we remember, especially this year, you know, and you know, it's like John, you specified, you know, a few episodes ago, you know, it's been happening 2017 with the TikTok and everything else. But if you look on this year specifically, it's weird that there's certain senators and, you know, despite COVID and everything going on, this has kind of always been an underlying story pattern, right? UFOs and reports and witness accounts and what we see. And this is part of it. And I'm, I'm kind of curious. It doesn't really specify like how it got in there, 
Um, it does say, let me see, Christopher Mellon, a former assistant secretary of defense for intelligence, tweeted that he was hopeful the new administration would rigorously execute its oversight prerogatives in this area. He added the concerns of the public and numerous military personnel have been ignored by the national security bureaucracy for far too long. It follows the Pentagon declassifying three videos and a range of new details about encounters between U.S. Navy aircraft and UAPs last year. The three short videos were recorded by Navy pilots in November 2004 and January of 2015. Uh, of course, we know one video, we see the dark object, we see the, the, you know, the, the jet, we see circular, you know, circular quickly along you know, before it actually appears to be slowing down. And one of the video, uh, one of the voices in the video can be heard saying, "There's a whole fleet of them." While another adds, "They're all going against the wind. The wind's 120 knots to the west. Look at that thing, dude." So here's a name that you guys should be familiar with a bit: Nick Pope, who previously inve- investigated UFOs for the Ministry of Defense, has told Sky News a footage shared by the Pentagon could be something extraterrestrial but he did not have a definitive explanation. So assuming we're not dealing with a combination of pilot and missile perception and forward-looking infrared camera anom- anomalies, uh, which is unlikely as a lot of this was captured on radar too, there are very few options, he said. Um, the article goes on just to tell like why, what happened, what they saw, the thing, but knowing that this is actually wrapped up into an actual bill, I don't know, thoughts, everybody? Well... <clears throat> So it says the Pentagon's UAP task force has 180 days to provide the Senate Intelligence Committee with their unclassified report detailing the Pentagon's current investigation into UFOs. But however, there's a provision in there that's easily overlooked. The provision is not law, and there's no guarantee that a comprehensive, like, all-source UAP report will end up seeing the light of day. Mm. So um, also... Yeah, a long way from the intelligence committee to the public yeah yeah Yeah. and also let's see here in a press announcement the secretary of defense office stated the uaptf mission will be to detect analyze and catalog uaps that could potentially pose a threat to u.s national security oh and this was also um backed bipartisanly too like both sides of the aisle are are into this marco rubio is the head of the uap task force right right um but let's see chief omrano yeah, the UAP report provision is not binding law, so there's no guarantee the public will be provided any comprehensive information on UAP. And additionally, if the UAP task force deems certain information classified, the legislative branch does not have the authority to declassify that information in order to make it publicly available. Lovely. So loophole, just, yeah, loophole number one. With, an, with a new executive administration taking office in less than a month, it may ultimately come down to the significance the Biden administration and new presidential appointees place on the UAP issue. I find and, it funny that they have somebody, Mark Rubio, actually, you know, <laughs> in charge of there's a reason we have to put this together. Like, don't you think there's something there if you have a chairman of sorts or is it mm-hmm. just for looks? You know what I mean? That's well, that's what I'm for. I think with. they know there's something there, and they've probably been brief. But if they're, but ever, this this whole thing's exciting because it's like, oh my god, they're finally like they have to tell the public something, right? But if you read the fine print of that, they says, don't have to. No, we fucking don't. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you while, know, while I'm hopeful, yeah. um, I'm definitely like. I don't know. We'll see. And, and I think I'm just that's a pessimist. So like, I just, <laughs> the fact that it says like, they don't, it's not law. They don't have right. to tell us 
anything. Well, and that sense. and that's a good follow up with it. And I think that's really what number one, like you said, I'm excited. We're all fucking excited that it actually this is a thing. Like I never in my lifetime would sit here and think that you know. And again, we know how bills work, but one of those things in that in that stack of paper would have this in it. Like, why? Why take the time? Why worry about it? Yeah, okay, we may not see the light of day. Get law. Thanks for clarification, John. But at the same time, just knowing that somebody took time to squeeze it in there somehow, that's something yeah. I never thought would happen. Well, this is all for national security. Um, and it's really Christopher Mellon and Lou Elizondo that have been bringing this up, and they're the ones Backing that it, right. were... Um, to the stars released those three videos along with the New York times article and everything. So, and Chris Mellon and Elizondo, I like, you know, they're deep in the government. So they, yeah. they've been really bringing that issue to the forefront and making the people in charge realize that this is an actual, you know, it, this is, it, it could just be some a thing. Tinfoil yeah. hat thing. This, this could pose a threat to national security. Well, and something else that I, I caught a, a few times over that Elizondo's really talking about at the beginning of this year, there's going to be some big news. Like he's talking about there's something going to be released, something's going to, so, you know, he, he nobody knows what it is. Um, but, you know, when it comes from Elizondo, it kind of makes you feel like, you know, th- there's a, there's a, maybe there's a thread there of some sort. So yeah, I, I don't I mean, know, you know, I've, I've heard that from uh, also James Fox, the dude that, uh, the just documentary that, that just documentary came out. phenomenon yeah. said there's some huge things coming up this next year. Yeah. So who knows what that will be? Uh, Lou Elizondo's also said that uh, this report when submitted. So it's like, despite, so as 21, 21 approaches it already here, the AP issue is more visible than ever. Despite this, the level of accessibility of information included with the task force forthcoming report remains to be determined. Like we said, so Lou Elizondo said, this report, when submitted, will serve as a litmus to determine how seriously the Pentagon takes this topic, and even more so, the authority and the will of the Congress. And yep. he goes on to say, let me remind the Pentagon that the world is watching and will judge them on their actions. Good on him for you know, following up with that. Yeah. But we'll see. Um, and I don't think Lou Elizondo um, is associated with To the Stars anymore. I, don't think I he heard he kind of backed out. Is that is that like he's yeah, he's, doing his he's own no thing? longer involved with them? Yeah. Okay. But um, big news. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Um, no, that's amazing. On, I mean, we'll you see know, how seriously they're going to end up taking this and right. What fucking morsels they're going to give us? Well, you know, and again, I'm not really a big you. You know, not that I'm not a big UFO guy. It's just not something that I'm just fascinated with. But I, I know, I, I think mainly because Jesus, there's something out there. Fuck, right? There's something. There's got it with all the reports and the witness accounts and the history and the. You can't just throw all that to the wind, and and that's why I just kind of like, well, okay, they'll find it eventually over here. But when you have this kind of main circulation, that's what fascinates me. That's when I start gaining the interest, you know. So, and folks, we actually have a um, show that we're going to come up with here shortly that is going to be specific to the UFO phenomena, and uh, hope you guys enjoy it, you know. But that's just a little teaser for the future, and uh, you know, yeah, we can go from there. So, John, thanks for adding on to the article, and sorry for stealing your shit. <laughs> it's okay. I wonder what kind of access Lou Alzando still has. If any, oh, mm, yeah. I don't know. I mean, 
he definitely still has connections. I, it depends on if he still keeps a security clearance, which I'm pretty sure he still does have a security clearance. So yeah. if that's up to date, then I'm sure he's privy to some interesting information. Some shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just cool. wondered if they were going to yank that for the stunty pulled dropping the videos and shit. I mean, technically they weren't fucking classified, but actually he didn't have anything to do with the release of those videos. I thought he did for some reason. Yeah. Um, he actually didn't, he knew about them, but he thought those were, they were just going to keep them for to the stars for their own personal inter workings. Um, he didn't have any idea they were going to be released to the public until they were. And then he was like, Oh, I guess we're releasing these to the public. Okay. Ta-da. And I mean, he is, he has been kind of the face of to the stars since he's talked about it, had the history show channel. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, program and everything. But as far as like him actually releasing or as far as who actually released the videos, who was responsible for that? It wasn't Lou Elizondo. I just remember a story we covered. <sighs> fuck. Probably a million years ago. Um, about the Navy kind of trying to like recant about, well, not all the proper paperwork was filed. Oh, so like yeah. technically, and I've, I've said then, and I feel now that that might've been them trying to like, look for a way to fuck him basically. Yeah. I think there's definitely been a lot of people out there trying to discredit him and shit. Being oh like, yeah. Oh, he was just a janitor at the Pentagon. And shit. Yeah. So oh, that's, that's shit, why yeah. I get curious about what what kind of access he still has you know what i mean because there are definitely people that if they can will take or would have taken his security clearance you know what i mean yeah yeah i was just listening to uh the black fault john greenwald interviewed him and that's how i know that so i found out that he was like yeah i didn't release those videos yeah that's kind of funny was that a good interview part of the organization that that did release them but like he wasn't the one that did it well, he was was he still working at the Pentagon when that happened? I don't even remember. No, like no, the, he was he gone the Pentagon, and then like very shortly after that, he uh, joined to the Stars. Yeah, but it was in a really short window of time, if I remember right. Like, yeah, he wasn't part of that, but it was just soon after. Like, it was blam, blam, blam. Everything happened so short. You know, once the once the videos were released, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. You know, I find that timeline pretty. Kind of curious, but at the same time, no, Elizondo, man, what, you know, it, it's just amazing. You know, I would love to pick that guy's brain. Was that a good interview for Black Vault? Because I was going to check oh, was, that out. It was amazing. Yeah. Everybody should listen to it. The Black Vault um, yeah, podcast. Nice. I think he's got a YouTube channel too, but <clears throat> yeah, it's just with Lou Elizondo. I think it's the brand new one. So yeah. Yeah. Actually, a notification for it popped up on my phone right before you mentioned it, which was okay. <laughs> Synchronicities. Well, I'm going to keep our heads in the cosmic clouds. Um, we're all going to die Oh, in like 4 billion years when uh, the Milky Way collides with Andromeda. <laughs> uh, yes. but, it, but it might be happening sooner than we think. So uh, this article had like a really catchy headline about uh, galaxies colliding and then, you know, three-fourths of the way through the article, they finally dropped the old astronomy lesson and finally made with the goods. Um, but basically, uh, they they figure that Andromeda and the Milky Way, because Andromeda is the closest galaxy to us and is also a spiral disk, that we're going to do one of these like collision guys. Oh, like mm-hmm. a Tron thing? Um, 
in four billion or so years so uh nobody panic i guess <laughs> but uh it's also saying that um because of the the way galaxies are constructed it might already be happening now hmm. um like wh- what do you mean it might already be like happening now starting or we're so, close New information suggests the first step of the galactic mashup have already begun. As spiral galaxies, both the Milky Way and Andromeda, are shaped like uh, spin disks, um, but they are each also enveloped in their own diffuse spherical cloud of stray stars, star clusters, dust, and gas. And uh, these halos stretch far beyond the visible boundaries of the galaxies. Um, scientists have determined that are determined last year that the Andromeda halo extends 1.3 million light years from the galaxy, about halfway to us. And uh, as far as 2 million light years in some directions. um, And because we have our own gaseous halo, Mm -hmm. which is really fun to say um, those two halos may already be bumping into each other and uh, stepping on each other's shows and toes and fucking each other up. Yeah. Huh? So basically, our personal space is already it's being, already being invaded. Yeah. Wow. I wonder what that would look like. Like, say, say Andromeda was like twenty ten or twenty years away from like colliding with us, and human civilization was still here. You know, it's like say mm-hmm. that's right now. I wonder what that would look like in the night sky. Um, I will show you because we're uh, kind of on a backwater, like way out from the galaxy's center, we probably wouldn't be too affected. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would look something like, how do I, I need to push this button. Sorry, listeners. You can't see this. Maybe we'll, uh, we should, we'll, we'll tell Shane picture. to flag this and yeah. maybe cut it out. But um, it would look something like this. That just look like that in the night sky. Oh, damn. That would be crazy. Yeah. Um, Because like, this is a known phenomenon. It happens and and they've seen like astronomers have seen this happening before where like basically the supermassive black holes in the centers of these galaxies just kind of go at each other. Mm -hmm. So everything that's close to the center of the galaxies are going to get like fucking hella just destroyed but all the things that are out here on the arms on the outer rims of the galaxies mm-hmm. are probably just going to kind of like resettle around whatever is left. But that would still probably destroy anything that was on them. Right. Not necessarily. Uh, like, yeah, that would probably mess with like Earth's gravitational field and all that stuff. Uh, like if Earth was just knocked into a different like orbit. Like we, we would probably sure wouldn't die. be though. Like we would probably not like we'd see it in the sky, but it wouldn't really affect us. Even if the really you saying it's going to smash into our sun, like the center. No, of the, I guess the, the sun. No, is we're the super far away from the center of the galaxy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Dang, that's crazy. I wish it would kind of happen. I want to see that. Yeah, our I our mean, solar really. system is uh like, you know how there's like this the pinwheel mm-hmm. arms like we're yeah. like out almost on the edge. Okay. Yeah, so, uh, I, I knew that. I just so I, I had did, a brain fart. I'm like, that's the center of the galaxy is our sun. Oh well, and looking at a picture of <laughs> so of amazing galaxies though. eating each other, it's like nothing could possibly survive that. But as long as we're not in the path of the intersection, yeah, 
then we would probably actually be fine unless our solar system got ejected during everything and like just was floating through space on its own. And even then, as long as we stay close to our sun, we would be fine. Isn't that interesting? Fucking crazy. If you think about that, I I mean, yeah, yeah, it's a ways away. The sun's going to explode in like 7 billion years anyway. So sooner or later, we're all going to die. Yeah. But pissed off sun. But, you know, right now, you know, here we are. Yay. Hopefully Georgia gets Democrats in the house. Anyway, (laughs) so (laughs) with that being said, um, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will return. Stand by, folks. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. And we are back with more news, everybody. Uh, John, I guess we'll leap it back to you. Yeah, well, I'm now on my last story. Thank you very much, Shane. You got him an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so did anybody see that there was a UFO reported over Honolulu? Uh, sure, that. shit did not. Yeah. No, you haven't? Okay, so um, on Tuesday, December 29th, around 8.30 uh, local time, several Honolulu residents reported observing a glowing blue object or aircraft in the evening sky. Videos appearing online following the incident showed an elongated blue object or aircraft moving above leeward Oahu, which appeared to descend in altitude. The unidentified aerial object also appeared to enter the ocean, according to some observers, and was later followed by the appearance of a similar white light, one witness said. Presently, the source of the mysterious lights remains undetermined, obviously, um, one of the earliest reported observations occurred at 8.26 p.m., according to Missatina Sape, sorry, who managed to capture images of the unusual blue-colored light as it passed over Halavikala Avenue, Nanakuli, in Oahu's... I'm sorry, <laughs> Fucking Hawaii. Hawaii. Nanawakalebi, come on, you want to lay me? Hula, hula. I'm so sorry, but I'm not going to pronounce that right. But somewhere in uh, a district in Oahu... Um, the Honolulu police received several 911 calls about the incident and they contacted the FAA to notify them about the possibility that the object might be an aircraft that went down off the leeward coast. Um, so Hmm. the FAA was contacted on December 29th about a possible plane down in the area. FAA spokesman, Tony Molinaro told the debrief. However, there were no reports of overdue or missing aircraft, and we saw no indication on radar of any accident, Molinaro said. The FAA advised the debrief contact local law enforcement, um, yada, yada. Um, hmm. So, yeah, one group of witnesses observing the object from a vehicle traveling on the Farrington Highway outside the uh, Board of Water Supply facility watched the object as it apparently descended into the ocean according to investigative reporter Allison Blair, who broke the story for Hawaii News Now. Um, They said it was larger than a telephone pole, apparently entered the water, after which its illumination could still be seen for some time. Uh, The same witness, identified only by the name of Mariah by 
said that shortly after the blue object plunged into the ocean, a smaller white light appeared following the same path the blue object had previously taken. I'll be, de- you know, so I caught this. And you know what else I caught with this was a uh, another news report that kind of piggybacked it. Evidently in Hawaii and other places too, but Hawaii's famous for it. They came up, the company came up with it because of the hills and all that. Hawaii's famous for paragliding. And mm-hmm. there's a company out there that actually has nighttime paragliding where literally they're illuminated with blue or white streaks around them when you come yeah. down off the mountains. I People are saying that maybe it was an UFO, maybe it was something else. I don't know. Thoughts? A paraglider? Um, I, you know. I guess it could be. I don't really yeah. know the ge- geography in that area to, you know, to decipher, say one way or yeah. another if it was possible. Right. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I figured if the pl- I figured if it was a paraglider, you know, the police wouldn't have taken all that time to, like, contact the FAA and stuff. Like, wouldn't they just be like... No, I would, those are just paragliders. Yeah. And you're looking at elevation, too. I mean, how they're seeing it. And that's what really rang with me. You know, when I saw the other news report, oh, it could have been this. But you're looking at, like, elevation gain and everything, and that's not where they're seeing the lights. The lights are a lot higher up in the sky. So mm. I don't know if that completely kind of, you know, throws that theory out the window. Well, I mean, are the paragliders going into the ocean and illuminating a white object after that? If they crash, well. maybe. <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I don't think so. No, you got a good point. Um, yeah, definitely interesting. There, there are some pictures that I've seen and it just looks like a long blue light. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't catch a video. There's something going on in our oceans that there's uh, the, I was glad you said that. So there is some stuff and there's been other reports too, of things that are popping in and out of the middle of the oceans in different areas and sectors that nobody can really explain. There was a report was it two weeks ago that some guy literally swears to God it was somewhere in the Atlantic. Literally, he saw something pop straight out vertical and fly up and disappear in the clouds. Some fisherman yeah. that was out there doing his thing. So I, I don't know. You know, we haven't explored what seventy percent of our oceans. So yeah, there's you know. definitely a correlation to UFOs and USOs and stuff. I mean, yeah, I think so. They could be just one and the same thing. I wonder if they. I don't know. I don't know what's down there. Maybe a whole ancient civilization. Oh, God. Fish. It's my Atlantis. Heart, my heart betrays Maybe the me. UFOs are just a bunch of fish people. Wouldn't that be nice, well, though? I mean, Keel was convinced that it was all ultra-terrestrials and shit that was from here, not outer space. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe they're all just... They come from the oceans. Well, that's my they next book. So hopefully. From a land down under the water. <laughs> From a land down under. Nice. Nice, nice squeeze in there. That's that's cool. Well, speaking of that, um, great article, John, on, on your side. Uh, I want to skip a little bit. We're going to skip the record. We're going to get into numerology. So for those of you who uh, remember, God, what was it? It was season three, but it was a bit ago. Um, it was we last actually, year. Yeah, last year. Well, like last year. beginning of 2020. Pre-COVID, I believe, because we were all together, I think, for this or close to it. But um, yep. this was uh, numerology amazes me if it's done right i know there's a lot of charlatans out there that don't do it right but uh this is just a quick little blurb on 2021 obviously you know we're in that year and maybe some of you out there are asking what does it mean in numerology years so this actually had an article written by elizabeth galeno 
And uh, after the dumpster fire that was 2020, which we all agree it was, it's pretty apparent that we're itching to sprint in the new year at full speed. Luckily, in the spiritual world, 2021 is already shaping up to be a much better 365 days in 2020, although that's not very hard, that's not a very high bar. Uh, specifically in numerology, 2021 appears to be giving us new positive vibes. And here's a quick refresher as far as numerology goes for anybody. Um, and I'm just going to break this down. This is really our article. But most basic numerology is based on numbers from 1 to 9. Some are Greek. Some are different ones. Tens added into some cultures. But usually it's just 1 to 9. So, you know, you add up the years and you figure out what that number is. You you try to break it down into a single numerical number. You know, if you come up to 13, for example, what you're doing, then you just add one and three together, that's four, and that breaks that down into singular. So numerology in a nutshell, basically, because we're not going to go down that road. But when we look at 2021 and we break this down, uh, two plus zero plus two plus one equals five. So we're heading into 2021 with the magic number five leading the way. And the main theme of that particular number, Freedom. Hell yeah, brother. I know. Trying my damnedest. So the thematics. Free. <laughs> yeah, freedom is not free. So the thematics here are freedom. Risk-taking adventure escape, Bender explains. It's also a number of excess. It's about sensual experiences, uh, fun, freedom, socializing, and adventure. It's very, very catalytic, um, which means, you know, up and down. It could go anywhere, which I, you know, after we went through 2020, I get that totally. Um, after the last year, these words may have you breathing a little sigh of relief, but as we know, there's still a pandemic going on, so we're not off the hook as of yet. We walk into this year and it's going to be a roller coaster, Brender says. We're going to be breaking free of some old paradigms. We saw that crumbling last year that was all about the four, which is structure, and everything was disintegrating. Now that things are dissolving, what are we going to put into its place? Which I found that interesting that when you do 2020 and, and that is about structure, literally our entire sociological and and technological infrastructure crashed, right? You know, yeah. we're going through the COVID. We're, we're trying to reinvent what we're doing. Um, I, I don't know, putting that together. And maybe it's reading into it a bit, and it probably is. But well, it's that, still it kind of, you know. if I can interrupt you for a minute. Oh, sure. Sorry, but yeah. that kind of makes me think. So he's saying that. 2020 you get four and four is structure and all our structures collapsed. Now you're saying 2021, we get a five and five uh, <clears throat> represents freedom and sensualness and socializing and stuff. Correct. What if all that shit is just destroyed too? Why does it? So if the structure was fucking collapsed, why does this mean that? This is going to go the other way. I, you know what, you, very, very Anarchy, good point. baby. Yeah, I mean, very good <laughs> I mean, I'm point. just saying, like, it, yeah. okay, structure. No. I would think, okay, two plus two, four. That's structure. Okay. Oh, great. We're going to have a lot of structure. Everything's going to be built, like, whatever. Not the opposite. So maybe 2021 is the opposite. Of and all. And, it, and it very well. And that's the whole thing with numerology and how you read into this. People read into this different. It's just like horoscopes. The same thing. So, you know, what they're saying it is freedom and what they're saying that represents, you know, well, you know, sorry, but 2020 was a fucking adventure. If you have to chalk one up as it to be. Um, numerology is interesting, but I really do find there's a fine line with it. And it's say, again, same thing with the horoscopes. When you put too much on it, you can read anything into anything. And I think this is a little bit of that, but I want to cover this article because it it's... It's a little bit of hope, if nothing else. You know, like, mm -hmm. where are we at? What are we going to do? How are we going to approach it? 
Um, there's a lot of changes this year. And if you think about that, you know, you've got the election, you've got, you know, aside from politics, you've got technology, businesses are finally getting their foothold on how they're going to recreate what they're doing differently. Uh, and people are still hiring, you know, employment still is somewhat, even though there's a lot of people lost their jobs, they're looking at other ways to get into another spectrum of what they want to do. Like there's a lot of things that are out there that are new to everybody. And to me that, that seems like adventure. That seems like something new. That seems like a bit of freedom. Like you're, you're kind of tying the tethers a bit, you know, but I don't know. Just very interesting when you do that. Um, another little caveat for this is when you look at 2021, yeah, it breaks down to five, but there's other formulas that you can put into that. Um, and some of those formulas don't necessarily equal five. Some are not good numbers. So, you know, you look at what that looks like. I, I think we're all in hopes that, uh, <laughs> it's going to be better, you know, but then again, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, that's well, what my are some spiel. of the not so good stuff. Yeah. Did it well, say in the article or what? No, not really. Just, you know, everybody's focusing on freedom, adventure, you know, opening up and mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to do which, you know, and again, that's uh that's kind of a good thing. I've been following the horoscopes a bit, been following the numerology a bit just to kind of get a grasp of what's going on. Um, I almost had an article on astrology signs that are going to be great for the year. Um, and John, I think, are you an Aquarius or no? No. You are a, because you're born in May, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. Okay. So I think Taurus is a good sign. Aries, Aquarius is a good sign. sign. (laughs) Whatever. Um, (laughs) Pisces is a good sign. You know, there's certain that this year supposedly they're, you know, certain signs are represented better than other signs just because of the, we talk about the age of Aquarius, which I'm sure you guys have heard about that. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that's something else when you, you combine all that weird shit together. And again, I'm not feeding into it, but it's interesting because there's a lot of changes this year, a lot of changes after the solstice, a lot of things that have not happened in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, and they're kind of realigning themselves and bringing in something different. You know, we had the great, uh, we had the eclipse, we had the star, you know, the, the great conjunction in the sky. Like, there's mm. just a lot of little tiny, I guess, magical things that you can look at to try to make sense of or represent something. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. We had a lot towards the end of this year, and we got a lot going on this year here in 2021 so you know always uh, always surprising for sure but well, anyway i'm pulling i'm pulling for us <laughs> somebody has to <laughs> speaking of the stars how'd you like that segue nice uh so there's a group of academics uh trying to well, not trying to, it's, it's happening anyway, but they're basically uh, mainstreaming the search for techno signatures, uh, which basically refer to that refers to any evidence of technology that could be remotely detectable specifically through the tools of astronomy. So these guys are basically astrobiologists who are out there looking for signs of not just life, but like intelligent life on other planets, Mm. on exoplanets. Um, And one of the, one of the guys behind it, Dr. Jacob Hawk Masara, or sorry, Misra. um, He's the senior research investigator at uh, Blue Marble Space Institute of Science. And um, basically he and another doctor put on these conferences where they also are open to the public because they want to generate interest 
in uh, the search for techno techno signatures and uh, that as a way to look for extraterrestrial life. Um, and this is a really long article, so I'm just trying to paraphrase, but uh, he, they basically talk about um, how they're looking for uh, radio signals, um, city lights, surface modifications like cities or large scale uh, deployment of solar panels, changes in, in the atmosphere, greenhouse gases like CO2, um, as well as industrial byproducts like CFCs and uh, NO2, and free-floating spacecraft, uh, so megastructures, i.e. Dyson spheres, uh, swarms, and other possibilities. Basically, physical signs that a planet is being altered. Um, hmm. And uh, they're actually getting backing from NASA on this. Um, NASA hosted one of their workshops, Um, and, uh, there, and there was, uh, sorry. And NASA put out a report, uh, concluding that the study of possible alien technology was an important step for future NASA missions. Um, today, astronomers, astrobiologists, and other scientists gather online to talk about their work and progress on the subject. Uh, the idea of systematically, uh, searching for signs of, industrial or spacefaring civilizations was once laughed out of the room, but now the topic is gaining uh, rock star cachet and serious popularity within the field of astrobiology. So that's hmm. pretty awesome. As far as that goes that like more quote unquote, serious scientists aren't just like, <clears throat> look at these nerds, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Bl- blowing them out, not worrying about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Hawk Misra uh, searches the cosmos for signs that humans are not alone. Sorry, Mike. Someone wants to join the Zoom call. Um, <laughs> Please say cat. <laughs> so they organized these conferences, uh, like I said, at least for the techno signature field. They would like to get like-minded people together, um, and they also want to drum up interest in it. Um, also, SETI is getting involved, which is pretty cool. Oh, nice. Um and uh i don't know it's just it's pretty interesting that they're pushing this and that they're getting actual buy-in because like uh seti's not funded by the government right like they're funded yeah. by donors yeah um and the public same with most uh astrobiologists looking for techno signatures like you know it's hard stuff to get funding for um but this kind of like interest being drummed up in it is is helping that field out a lot um, so I, I, I think it's amazing. I, I think it's cool that it's not only, you know, like you, you know, you look at SETI, by the way, SETI had another signal I heard, uh, last week that was yeah. take my story. Oh, is that, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for that, let me, I digress. Um, but it's really neat that you have this back and you have these people, you know, we, Michael P. Tar- Masters talked about that. You know, it's finally getting to where it's not crackpot theory anymore. People are really, scientists are starting to back what this might look like. I mean, why don't we look at something different? Why do we look at a different perspective? And there's other scientists that are on board with that. So, yeah, I'm, man, all hands out. I, I hope I hope it gains ground for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the doctors from NASA said that uh, NASA and other funding agencies are also now actively funding uh technosignature projects alongside other astrobiology, planetary science, and astrophysicists projects. Uh, this will go a long way to giving credibility to the field. Nice. Nice. Looking forward to it. 
we'll see where yeah. it goes with it. But no, that that's yeah, that's kick ass for sure. So, um, I've got one more story for uh, the regular listeners, and then we're gonna slide into Patreon a bit, and we've got some follow up stories over there. Uh, but I guess you know we spent a lot of time talking about. Yep, just aliens and everything else and UFOs and what things look like. Uh, I stumbled on something today that was uh, very interesting. This was actually written by uh, Joseph Trevithick, and it is in regards to the infamous Area 51, right? We all know it's in our backyard, kind of, sort of. So a recent photo taken of Groom Lake by a a private pilot shows what appears to be a dagger-shaped object in one of the facility's aircraft shelters. I don't know. Do you guys see this news at all? No. Okay, so there's a no. dude called, uh, and he's we've talked about him before. I think he's he flies a Cessna over that area for I think it's private or whatever have you. Yeah, I have heard about that. I feel like we even brought it up in one of our old we did. news we did. things about that dude flying over restricted airspace in Area 51. Yeah, which um, surprises me because like, how? <laughs> what do you? Yeah, exactly. So his name's Gabriel Zeffman. And he has taken aerial shots of Area 51, also known as Groom Lake, the U.S. Air Force's famous clandestine flight test center in Nevada, as well as other shy installations in the past and whose flights were first to report on, grabbed new pictures of the facility on Christmas Day. So Zeffman shared his latest batch of images with numerous outlets via public link, which has drawn new interest in the base. So overall, they're very similar to the past images, but they do include a particularly good view of an elongated hangar-like structure known as Scoot and Hide Shelter. Who the fuck came up with that name? I don't know. Uh, which appears to have a strangely shaped object of some kind visible inside. We have received dozens of inquiries asking about this object and the shelter that it sits in, so we thought we would add address to the post. Um, so it talks a little bit about Zephman, and basically he flies a small little Cessna tightly controlled airspace which yeah obviously because you're under how he hasn't been you know landed i i don't know but anyway when you watch video it is pretty evident that there is a uh area so it's a shelter in question on the outskirts of the base measures 120 feet wide by 30 320 feet long and it's been identified in the past as hangar 19 is situated along a taxiway that contacts the base's main ramp area with its long, closed, and extremely lengthy original runway. The taxiway continues on to be the new active runway to the east. A hangar had existed in this location for years, seemingly back in 1980s, but by around 2005, substantial additions were made to its north and south ends, effectively tripling its covered length. And so that's the hangar they're talking about, and if you look at it, from prying eyes at a uh, Tickaboo Peak, which is a peak that sits on the, I think, east. It's one of the highest hills that you can actually kind of see some of the base, but you got a four by up there and be very careful that, you know, security doesn't get you. Yeah. Uh, but he actually has filmed a, and you know, looking at the video, it literally looks like, let me see if I can't pull it up for you guys here. It literally looks like a, uh, it's something that's pointed out of the, I don't know. It's weird. It looks like it's literally pointing out of the edge of the hangar, albeit it's a little edgy, focusy, I guess. It's kind of hard, but it is different. And I looked at the other pictures previously where this hangar was completely empty, but now they're showing something there. Again, it's Area 51. I I don't know if you guys, I know we talked about this briefly, but do, do we think that anybody, anything really is stored there now? I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't think so, but... But then again, um, maybe it's a coconut shell game. You know, they talk about Area 52 is Dugway, which is 80 miles west of us. You know, that's mm-hmm. technically the new Area 52. But if you look at the picture, which I don't know if you guys can see that, but there's something there, I guess. I don't... I yeah, don't that know. one picture, because I'm, I'm on the... Uh, I mean, I guess there's... I don't know, like... I'm not a trained observer, so that could just right. be a shadow or like yeah. it's so far away to really like yeah, for certain is. like what that is. Right. The resolution right. is such garbage that it's and not. They great. did like an enhanced contrast one to kind of show something, but so, like oh, there's that one. Yeah, that's when you're I talking mean, about. It kind of looks like a large, like one of those long speed boats a little bit, but like Jesus, it could be. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right. Right. Well, that's what everybody's betting their goat on for sure. But anyway, you know, it seems funny. Area 51 still in the news. I find it it will be forever till you know, everything's kind of done and declassified, which, mm-hmm. you know, who knows if that's yeah, going to be a day. It makes me think just like they, they're they either not doing anything there that's super top secret anymore like they were back in the 40s, well, Back in the 50s, Bob Lazar whatever, days. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or... They are still doing that because everybody thinks that they wouldn't, or I don't know. I, you know what? That's kind of okay. So you got me at that. You know, hey, everybody thinks that you know nothing's going on here, so why don't we have these secret things going on here? And we're going to play the old switcheroo. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if if you. There's no reason the answer can't be both, right? Just because you have to move your reverse engineering UFO program somewhere else because a certain someone said some shit about it to the news media doesn't mean that you have to move your top secret aircraft like test range also. Yeah. 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 I'm sure. I'm sure not. I'm sure they're still doing shit out there, but they might not be making, you know, the, the B2 stealth bomber type classified shit out there maybe now. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think they're reverse engineering anything, even if that was plausible, but you know. Yeah. Who's, who's I just I on? just wish I knew because it's kinda it just goes like I'm not a trained observer. I'm like also not like a photograph analysis. Like yeah, I, yeah. I, it's one of those things where you can make anything out of anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I if that is what that is, then that's pretty cool. Yeah. But to me it's just okay, yeah, of course there's They've There's got some something there. <laughs> secret uh, aircraft technology out there. Like, of course, yeah. that's what it's there for. Yeah, I just yeah. it was funny. So because- it's like this. That's like, uh, yeah. To me, it's like, well, yeah, of course, that's they have some weird looking thing there. Why wouldn't they have some weird looking like, thing? That's there? what. That's what happens there. <laughs> right. I mean, it could it's also like, just be like a wing. That's, yeah. Yeah. Someone's got totally. a weird angled picture of, and they're like, "Oh my god, look at this!" And it's like, yeah, that's the wing of a fucking one of those old Delta wing planes that look super dope that are actually not all that great. Well, and that's how we get photos of, uh, Oh my God, that's Bigfoot. Oh my God, that's Loch Ness monster. Oh my God. I think that's Mm -hmm. a ghost. It's just like anything else. It's just very, it's interesting because it's, you know, it's in the news and it's, you know, with our daily feed that we have all the time that we're surrounding with our other bullshit, you know, area 51 still kind of hangs in there. You know what I mean? So get it. Hang hanger. Anyway, ah, whatever. Nah. So, nah, I'm not a real guy in call. I just play plenty on my tool shit. So, um, I don't know. Anybody have anything else? I know we're yeah. going to... Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, I've got one more All right. that I 
cut you off from spoiling in your last one. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so, speaking of SETI a few minutes ago, um, they did see a signal, an unexplained signal coming from our closest neighbor, uh, Proxima Centauri. Um, and that's closest star neighbor, not to be confused with Andromeda that we were talking about earlier. Um, so still in our galaxy, uh, not super far away, cosmically speaking. Um, and it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Um, our friend from my last story, Dr. Jacob Hawk, uh, Misra makes another appearance here. He said, it's very exciting when people are sorry. It's very exciting when possible signals come in, um, it's uh, SETI is a needle in a haystack game after all. So unusual techno signature candidates like this draw a lot of interest. Basically it was a signal that they can't explain occurring naturally. Hmm. So the only, it, it acts like signals we produce, which is good and bad. Um, like it acts like signals that are emitted by human technology. Um, so the good about that is it's obviously we don't know any way that it could be naturally occurring. The bad is that maybe it's somehow coming from us, Oh, um, <laughs> you know, and like a misidentification. Uh, they said there was no data encoded into the signal, um, which was one of the like cons of it being that type of signal and making them think that it wasn't um, hmm. from like an, an extraterrestrial intelligent species. Um, but it did come from uh, Proxima B, which is uh, one of the two planets that's in the habitable zone around Proxima Centauri. Um, and it's not, it's like one and a half times bigger than Earth. So uh, probably uh, pretty habitable um, in that regard anyway. Interesting. Um, so... The uh, their algorithm is very optimistic about what might be alien technology. Um, conceded Sophia Shake uh, in an interview with National Geographic. Uh, Shake's a graduate student at Penn State University whose team performed the follow up analysis of the signal and who is the lead author on the forthcoming paper detailing their work. Uh, but it's super exciting because we've never gotten to the stage where the algorithm found something that's actually interesting that made it through all their filters. Oh, wow. Okay. So, mm. so that's pretty cool. Um, and this is where she says they don't know of any natural way to compress electromagnetic energy into a signal bin in frequency. Um, and, uh, or sorry, another doctor said that, but anyway, <laughs> it's the most exciting signal that we've found in the breakthrough listen project, because we haven't had a signal jump through this many of our filters before. Uh, for the moment, the only source we know of is technological. Um, and then that's where the fun stops and they start talking about how statistically it's probably not aliens um, and some uh, properties boo. of the signal don't fit what we'd expect from a signal produced by an intelligence. It didn't actually have any data encoded in it, um, for example. Um, and then also... Uh, Proxima Centauri like has like massive solar flares. So basically while it's intriguing that it appears to come from the direction of Proxima Centauri, um, a week before this came out, there was another research team that detected 
radio emissions that likely corresponded to Proxima Centauri experiencing massive solar flares. Um, one of the doctors told the debrief. Furthermore, these flares happen on a monthly basis, which doesn't bode well for life thriving on any planet orbiting the star. So, ah, well, that makes that. it a bummer. But yeah, yep, right back to square one. You know, but also that's given how we understand uh, physiological physiology and technology you know what i mean right, right. yeah so. and, and who's to say you know it's not out of the box and something different i you know i would i god one of these days i'd love to go to where they have seti set up and just wander around like it just floors me that although uh, just amazing absolutely that'd be amazing. awesome yeah i hope jody foster's I, I hope i'd run into jody foster there yeah as she's building <laughs> that spaceship yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where she lives. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if Hollywood has taught me anything, that is definitely true. <laughs> um, but yeah, one of the SETI scientists, uh, Seth Shostak, uh, in a previous interview with the debrief stated, he believes humans will discover evidence of an, in, of an alien civilization by 2036. So that's pretty cool. 2036. So far away though. I know you're, you're still young enough that, fucking 15 years sounds like a long time <laughs> blink of yeah, an eye well, yeah blink of an I, eye. i'm gonna be old as shit by then hey shut up dude anyway yeah, yeah we'll Shane's make it work yeah <laughs> yeah and josh be right behind you so you know right behind me actually no i i don't it's just very interesting when they it interests me when they set dates on these things by this by this but i don't know how they formulate that that, I think that's what kind of, yeah. you know, really? Um, okay. I mean, they're a lot smarter than me, so I want to think that it's like they're looking at some huge data set and crunching numbers and like the law of averages and we should yeah, yeah. have this by then. But also the dude works for SETI, so I could see him just being like fucking pulling that out of his ass. <laughs> yeah, to keep yeah the fun- I think by 2036. I think by yeah. August. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> Keep the funding rolling in. It's like, well, you get another fifteen years. That's a good run. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep the funding coming in. Yeah, that that old rich widow that's giving you most of the money. She keels over in fourteen years. So we'll make it fifteen years just to make sure. You know what? What if SETI did really get some crazy radio frequency from some distant planet or whatever I, that you, had data you know, in it and everything? Like, do you think that would just immediately go f- classified? Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, even even private funding with it, it, it would they would like, have but, yeah even though it's private funding like there would yeah. be some government officials sh- showing oh, shit they would right shut that there. shit down well, it would be and, a fucking and carpet immediately egg. taking that over yeah I don't uh, yeah the thing is is like I know they don't get government funding but and that the government can't be like watching everyone all the time but I'm pretty sure they're probably keeping tabs on what SETI's finding I'm sure yeah and oh, yeah. you know what before though they could even call one news reporter to be like we got this fucking quote what the fuck like <laughs> green jeeps would be pulling up with sirens on them and they'd be like shutting this fucking shit down right now yeah, you know? yeah absolutely like okay this is our project now yeah but you yeah. know if anybody has to discover something I want it to be SETI I mean, you know, it's been around for so long. There's so much money mm-hmm. put into it. There's so much ambition that's been put into it. I think if we find something that's really solid, you know, whether it's <laughs> classified right away or not, I, I'm hoping it's SETI. I'm hoping it's not some random government agency that doesn't really give a shit. They don't have the heart behind it. But, you know, who knows? You know, um, For completely apolitical reasons, um, I hope it's not a government 
agency that's beholden to any kind of classification system. I hope it is a public group like SETI that can mm, yep. spread the news far and wide before the clamps get yep. put on it. Before the door yeah. gets shut down. Yeah, absolutely. So good story, man. Yeah, yeah. Inter- very interesting. You know, here's here's the crossing our fingers to 2021. We'll see what that leads up into. But um, anyway, with that being said, uh, for you Patreon members that are on board for Patreon, we are going to continue afterwards. We got uh, some little tidbits. It uh, won't take long. Hopefully you stand by with us. For you regular listeners, if you do want to become a Patreon listener, we got tiers for anybody's bank account to match. You can do $1 to $5 to $10. Um, you can either do the $500 one. I'm making that shit. We don't have a five hundred dollar. It'd be nice though. Or do we? Uh, or I mean, do, yeah. if find you out. Want, if you want, you can. We own a SETI satellite, and it's going to cost you five hundred dollars to climb <laughs> around in it. So, um, so Patreon, stand by and listen to that. Uh, if you have a story or you have any kind of a tale to tell or anything for that matter, please call us 801-252-69. Give me all your money. 45. You can actually write us too with your story. If you're a little shy, it's strangeuncles at gmail.com. We answer all emails. Uh, We want to make sure that we give you guys a a platform to speak on as well. Um, And then we've got some socials too, if one of you guys want to cover it. Yeah, you can find us at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, Uh, Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel. it gets updated sometimes <laughs> periodically go check it out yeah absolutely so anyway and rate and review you know if you like us please show somebody that you like us uh we are actually booked out to i think what i was talking mid-february so far uh, we've got some of our own research we have some great interviews coming up um we've got some book reviews coming up hopefully on the patreon thing I got a lot of little stuff going on and it's always fun to do it uh, we're in 2021, excited for the year. We'll see what goes on, and uh, hopefully we can share it with all you guys. So, uh, John, Josh, you got anything? Nope. Uh, we'll just see you on Patreon. Yep. Patreon members, stand by. Everybody else, close the gates. 